0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 3rd of May 2015, entitled, Living a Life of Joy. And the Bible reading is taken from John chapter 15, verses one to 14. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Right, we'll be taking our scripture reading this evening from the Gospel of John chapter 15. We'll begin reading in verse one and read down through verse 14. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word. Again, beginning in John chapter 15, verse one. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you, continue ye. that a man laid down his life for his friends. You're my friends, if you do whatsoever, I command you. Father, thank you so much that we have this privilege of looking into your word again this evening. Thank you for the freedom that we have to come together. Thank you, Lord, for the health and strength you've given us for this place to meet, for your spirit that dwells within. And Lord, that is whom we depend on at this time. Help us this evening. Take these words and make them alive into our hearts and our souls. You know each one here this evening. You know what they're facing right now. You know what they'll be facing tomorrow and later in this week. So, Father, we pray that by the power of your word this evening, you would touch each of our lives. Help us, Lord, to be more like our Savior. Strengthen us for what's ahead. Help us that we might truly bring forth much fruit to your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Sadly, it seems that in the day that we live that joy is something that is missing from far too many people's lives. There are all kinds of reasons behind this. But what I would like to encourage you in this evening is that for the Christian, there is surely an answer. (laughs) There is a solution to that problem. We do not have to lose our joy. We do not have to live lives without joy. It's interesting because I can't remember if I'd ever looked before, but in preparing this sermon, I took a look to see just how many times that God speaks of this thing called joy in the Scriptures. And I found that in our King James Bibles, at least, there's some 165 times. I think about 105 of those in the Old Testament and 60 of those in the New Testament that use the word joy. And of course, there are some other words that are very closely related to that, but it is clear that the Bible has a lot to say about this thing of joy. What do we mean by joy? Well, again, I looked it up, and it's interesting, all these different definitions that you can find. I like the one that... Miriam Webster had in the Webster's dictionary he says joy is the emotion evoked by well-being success or good fortune or by the prospect of possessing what one desires the expression of exhibition of such emotion a state of happiness in other words he's saying that this 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 joy is a state of something that is, if you would, it's a result of many other things in our life that is going on. And I think certainly that we could say that is true for the Christian. We could say that it is this state of well-being that surely Christians should experience more than anybody else. Our joy is... Does not depend on circumstances as it does in the world. It is dependent upon our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether or not that life is truly counting for anything will certainly be something that would affect our well being and our joy. So we can look at a lot of things but I want us to focus on just a few simple thoughts right here this evening that we find in our reading because Jesus himself said there in verse 11, he said, these things have I spoken unto you. Why? That my joy, that the joy of Christ might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Jesus said, I've spoken some things to you and I've spoken these things. If you'll listen, the things that I've spoken are explicitly so that my joy, the joy of Christ, and I want you to notice that next word. He says might remain in you. That's important because we're going to see that in a few things here. What things? What things that Jesus spoken that might be the case for what he's saying here? He's spoken what things that His joy might remain in us and that our joy might truly be full. Well, at this point, Jesus had been speaking a lot since all the way back in the upper room. When they first went there, when he had begun preparing his disciples for the crucifixion that was coming, when he instituted the Lord's table that we honored and came around here in church this morning, Jesus had been trying to prepare them. We find in the previous chapter, in chapter 14, as he continued to speak to them on the way to the garden, even there in 14, he spoke of the preparing a place for them that he was going to return one day to take them there. Jesus preparing a place for them. He spoke of the promise of the Spirit that was to come alongside them and to indwell them and to be there with them to comfort them, to be there in all that they did. He spoke of the peace that he was going to leave with them that was unlike any peace that this world knew. Jesus has spoken of all those things, and that's a, that's a lot to be joyful about if we stop and think about that. But then here in chapter 15, he really moves on to a more practical, down-to-earth, day-to-day application of the lives that they were going to live. And here in his perfect context, we begin to see the real focus of what he's talking about in this joy that might be full. Now, this isn't everything that has to do with joy, but, but Jesus said, I'm speaking these things to you specifically so that my joy might remain in you, might stay in you, might always be in you, and that your joy might be full. That's why I'm saying these things. So these things should be important to us. First of all, he said there in verse 7 of our reading, if ye abide in Now, in these first six verses, he's talked a lot, and he's used this great illustration of the vine and the branches and abiding in him. And the only way that there was going to be any fruit is when that branch was abiding with the vine, with the true vine. And that those branches that didn't produce any fruit, they were just going to be torn down and thrown away and put on the fire and burned. But those that did would bring forth much fruit. And of course, in all those things, what he's really talking about is the genuine believer versus the false, those that profess and those that possess, if ye abide in me. You see, the first way, the first way for your life to be a life that is a life of joy is for a life that is centered in Jesus Christ. If ye abide in me. Do you know what that word abide there means? Do you know what I just said to remember down there in verse 11 when he said that my joy might remain in you? Well, that's exactly what he's talking about here. The word abide means to stay or to remain. You see, too many people want to have a visit with Jesus Christ when it's convenient, uh, when it suits them and it suits their purpose, or maybe even when they're in trouble and they're needing someone to help them. But the message here is to them that... Abide in him, them that stay in him, them that remain in him. Christ is not a place just to go on visitation. He is the place to continually dwell. And of course here, once again, he is speaking of those true genuine believers, not those that merely profess, but those that are true Possessors of salvation because that's the only way you can truly abide, dwell, remain in Jesus Christ is to genuinely be born again. A life of joy can only come to those who genuinely know Jesus Christ, are dwelling in Jesus Christ, are remaining in Jesus Christ. Their lives are centered in him. They're centered in Christ and their faith only. When that faith is totally centered on Jesus Christ, can anyone ever come to abide in him? Centered in Christ, not only in their faith, but in their spirit. He spent much time talking here. You cannot abide in Christ without Christ abiding in you. (laughs) That's what he just got through promising them that the Holy Spirit was going to come and indwell them and live within them and be there with them always. He spent the last half of the previous chapter speaking to them about this. To abide in Christ is to be filled with His Spirit. Centered in Christ in our faith and spirit. Centered in Christ in our purpose. (laughs) You see, too many people don't know what their life is all about. (laughs) It doesn't have any meaning because it doesn't have any purpose. (laughs) To be centered in Christ is to be centered in his purpose. What does he want of our lives? It's centered in Christ in our practice. Our life is to literally be a replica of Jesus Christ. Why did he make that promise back in, in in, in chapter 14, when he said in, in verse 12, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. Why? Because he goes on to talk about him through the Holy Spirit coming and indwelling us, Jesus Christ, accomplishing through all of us his work. You see, if we're going to truly, if we're going to live lives a life of joy, then that life has to be, first of all, centered in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm speaking this so that my joy might remain in you. First of all, you've got to remain in me. <laughs> you've got to be in me. You've got to live there, dwell there. I'm not talking about just knowing me or visiting me. You've got to abide in me to know that joy Not only do we need to be centered in Christ, but secondly, here in that same verse, in verse 7, he says, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you. That same meaning, (laughs) if we remain in Jesus Christ and his words remain in in us. us. He tells us that same word, God's word. It can't be just a fleeting thing in our lives. It can't be just a a passing thought to make us think about good religious things sometimes. He's talking about his word being resident in our lives, dwelling in our lives, remaining in our lives. It's not my thoughts, my words that are controlling my life. It is the word of God. That is in control. His Word entering and forever remaining in me. You see, to know this life of joy, we not only must be centered in Christ, we must be controlled by His Word. His Word provides for my intellect, my thought patterns, my wisdom. What is it that my life is being based about? It is God's Word that controls my very being, the way that I think and the way that I act. His word remaining there, being a part of everything we think, of everything that we are, not only providing for my intellect, but being the passion of my heart. I mean truly, his word that I that I love, his word that controls what I love. It's not just some set of uncaring rules for us to follow. It's God's love letter to us. (laughs) It's God writing to us. You see, we have to have a passion for it. This is what should control the passions in my life, not what my flesh desires, not what makes my flesh feel good. If we truly want a life of joy, it's got to be a life that is centered in Jesus Christ and that is controlled by his word. Provides for my intellect, is the passion of my heart, and it is the power of my will. You see, from that first seed of intelligence to the passions and the desires that we live our life by, my will, every action of my will, every action of my life needs to be controlled by His Word. Not the world, but by God's Word. Jesus said, I'm speaking these things t- to you so that my joy might remain in you and so that your joy might be full. You want that joy? Then you need a life that is centered in Christ if you abide in me. You need a life that's controlled by His Word and my words abide. In you, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, notice what he says next, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. You see, centered in Christ, controlled by his word, confident in prayer, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. If you're truly, abiding in Christ, and his word is abiding in you, it can only have a profound influence on your faith. What is it that you really believe? What is it that you have confidence in? You see the if in all of this, if you abide in Christ, if his word abides in you, If those two things are true, then the natural consequence is you'll ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Can I say that it is utterly impossible to abide in Christ, to remain in Christ, and for his word to abide or to remain in you and your faith not be stronger? It's impossible. It can't happen. You see, we see here, ye shall ask. That's not an if. Ye shall ask. If you abide in Christ, and if his words abide in you, then the practice of prayer is going to be a natural part of your life. Ye shall ask. It's just a natural practice in your life. You're going to want to talk to God. You're going to listen to him through his word, and you're going to naturally talk back to him. It will naturally flow from your life that is centered in Christ and controlled by his word. You want the joy of Christ to be in your life? You want your joy to be full? Then you must abide in him. His word must abide in you. You'll have confidence in your prayer. The practice of prayer, ye shall ask. And what does he say Ye you shall ask what you will. <laughs> you shall ask what you will. The, the, the preference of prayer, what are you praying for? The Bible tells us that sometimes our prayers are not answered because we pray amiss. We pray that we might consume it upon our own lust. In other words, it's possible to pray in the flesh to pray what I want, to pray selfishly. But if we're remaining in him and his word remaining in us, then we will ask of him what we will. You know what? If your life is centered in Christ and if you're being controlled by his word, you can ask what you will. You know why? Because your will will be his will. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. The practice of prayer is a natural part of a true believer's life that is abiding in Christ and his word in him, it's gonna be just as natural as you take in your next breath. You're gonna be asking of God what you will and your will is controlled by his will because that's what's controlling you and he will do it. That's God's promise. That's the promise of prayer. That's what you can bank on. There is no maybe here. If you abide in him, if his word abides in you, you can ask, you will ask, whatever you will. And it'll be done because of your relationship with him. The absolute promise of answered prayer is conditioned only upon your relationship with Christ and his word. If you abide in me, if my word abides in you, then you could ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. So a life of joy, a life of joy is a life that is centered in Christ, that is controlled by the word, that is confident in prayer. And notice next year in verse eight, herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Centered in Christ, Controlled by his word, confident in prayer, characterized by fruit. Fruit is the natural byproduct of the healthy branch that's connected to the vine. That's true. A believer whose life is centered in Christ, is controlled by his word, is confident in prayer, will be characterized by the right kind of fruit. That's what Jesus was going to great detail there in the beginning of that chapter when he said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. They're not real. They're not the genuine. They're not really connected to the vine. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. You know, one of the greatest things that will excite any Christian, excite any church, is when fruit is being born. And what happens is God purges us where we can bring forth even more fruit and even more fruit. Now you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. And again, we have that abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. There is no if there. If you're part of the vine, if you're abiding in him, then you will bring forth fruit. He says, for without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. It is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burdened. You see, what am I saying? You want the joy of the Lord in your life, His joy, you want your joy to be full? And your life must be centered in Christ. It must be controlled by the Word. must be confident in prayer, but it must be characterized by fruit. Put very simply, a Christian that's not bearing fruit is not a healthy Christian. It's just like the fruit of the Spirit The fruit of the spirit is naturally born because the spirit is there. (laughs) A Christian is going to bear the fruit of Christ. A healthy Christian will be characterized by the right kind of fruit. I think fruitfulness in their prayers is what he's just been talking about. (laughs) Fruitfulness in their lives, their lives being Christ-like, bearing the fruit of the spirit, fruitful in souls and others coming to Christ. You know the real question comes down: What, what kind of fruit do others see in my life? What does my fruit say about me? You know, oranges tell you that it's an orange tree. <laughs> Lemons tell you that it's a lemon tree. Fruit can be healthy or fruit can be rotten. But when people see the fruit that is being born in our lives, what? Do they see? Is it bearing the fruit of Christ that the world needs to see? You see, he says here, herein is my Father glorified. Fruit bearing is what immortalizes, glorifies, honors God. When our lives are bearing fruit, the work of Christ taking place through us, then it brings honor to Him. Not only does it immortalize God, it has a bearing of much influence on others that ye bear much fruit. What kind of influence is our life, is our fruit having on those around us? Is it bringing others to Christ? Is it encouraging and influencing others in the things of Christ? What do they see in our life? You know, even in the simple things, You know, just like, you know, that there's certainly, we thank God that we can be here tonight. We can't do anything about anybody that's not here. But you know, people get in bad habits for all kinds of reasons. And so many times it's our bad habits that can help somebody else feel comfortable about their bad habit. (laughs) They're not more faithful because they don't see faithfulness in others. When they're hanging around unfaithful people, they tend to become more unfaithful. We find that the fruit in our life will have an influence on those around us. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. He says, so shall ye be my disciples. Fruit bearing is what identifies us with Christ. <laughs> That's what all this leading up to this is all about, us remaining in him. His word remaining in us is Christ being seen in our lives. Oh, boy. <laughs> all those imperfections, oh, I well know. <laughs> Man, sometimes, sometimes I wish our Catholic friends were right. <laughs> I wish that maybe taking a whip to my back or crawling up 400 steps or doing this or doing that and paying penance for my wrongs would just, you know, get rid of it and make me a better person wouldn't be anything there to worry about. That's not what's going to change the fruit in my life. Do we want to truly live lives that it's the joy of the Lord that we have in our lives. Our joy is full, a life of joy. Jesus says, not me, I'm just giving you these verses. Jesus says, I'm speaking these things to you so that my joy can remain in you, so that your joy can be full. Your life needs to be centered in Christ. It needs to be controlled by the word of God. It needs to be confident in prayer. It needs to be characterized by the fruit that is coming forth, and finally needs to continue in love. That's what he says here in verse 9 and 10. He says, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall, there's that word again, abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in my In his love. Jesus is not talking about some light, emotional, mystical feeling that gives us goosebumps or makes the hair stand up on us. The world labels a lot of things love. But he's talking very specific here a love that is shown and characterized by absolute obedience. This love is Christ-like love. He says very, very clearly, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. In the same way that God the Father loved me, that's the same way that I loved you, and that's the same love that I want you to continue in. It's the love of God. Jesus says that he's loved us with that perfect agape love, that giving love, that self-sacrificing love that God loved him with, that he has loved us with, that we need to continue in, not in some imperfect, flawed, humanly defined love, but in the perfect love of Christ. Continuing in the love that he's loved us with. Christ like love. Conditional love. What do you mean? Well, it is an unconditional love that is conditioned by our obedience. What do you mean? That's not saying that we can conjure up this love somehow because of being obedient. He's saying that if we truly love him, it's going to be shown in our obedience. This is a true love that produces obedience. Not an obedience producing love. It's the same thing that he told us up there in chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. He's not saying that in keeping his commandments, it's making us love him. He's saying that if we truly love him, we will be obedient. <laughs> We will keep his commandments. In other words, folks, you can't. Well, you can, but I can tell you what God would call you. (laughs) You can say, I love God and I love the Lord and yet not abide in Christ, (laughs) not be controlled by his word, which is that which really should be in control of our lives, not to be characterized by the fruit that is there not to be confident in our prayers the truth is is that <laughs> there's no such thing if we're going to continue in his love you see it is a constant love note that we have that same word abide in relation to his love walking in obedience to god is synonymous with abiding in His love, you cannot abide in the love of God if you're living in disobedience to His Word. Abiding, remaining is a love goes hand in hand with a life of obedience. In other words, people say all the time they wonder why, they wonder why that they don't know joy in their lives. While well, out of the side of their mouth, they're saying, "I love the Lord, I love the Lord," and yet they're not abiding in Christ. <laughs> They're not being controlled by his word. They're not being obedient to what he has said. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, you're going to do what I say. If you love me, it's going to be shown in the life that you live. People wonder, why are things so tough? Why am I so miserable? Why do I not know joy? And yet even in these simple, simple things, Jesus said, I'm telling you these things so that my joy can be in you, so that my joy can remain in you, so that your joy might be full. How is the very joy of Christ going to remain in us when we remain in him, (laughs) when his word remains in us? When we remain in his love, you can't, you can't separate these things. A life of joy, folks, is genuinely a life that rather than centered in self, rather than centered in this world, where are abiding and dwelling in the things and all of this world, it's centered in Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the center of your life. So many times he's just there on the peripherals, Might or might not go to church, might or might not pray, might or might not read my Bible today, might or might not be a witness today, you're never going to know the joy that you can know until your life is centered in him, until you're remaining in him, until his word is remaining in you. You're confident in your prayers. You know when you go, you go praying in his will, wanting his will to be accomplished. Your life is characterized by the fruit, the Christ-likeness in your life, that which comes from your life that brings forth fruit to his glory. You're continuing in the same kind of love that God the Father loved the Son with. And God the Son loved us with. The love of God like there's no explanation. Jesus maintains here that his joy was based on his obedience to the Father. and Therefore, ours is based on our obedience to him. What are you saying? I'm saying that if we really love him, we will obey him. Do we feel that our life is actually counting for something? Is it making a difference? We were talking after the the dinner table today. You know, we look around us and there's, there's so many challenges in life. There's so many people that don't know any kind of love, let alone the kind of love that we're talking about right here. There's so many people that their lives are just an absolute, total mess. They don't know Christ. (laughs) They don't know that joy. And, of course, the sad thing is we know many people that even as Christians, they don't know that joy. Why? Because they're not walking with the Lord. They're not walking in obedience to His Word. They're not truly abiding in Him and His Word in them being controlled by Him, by His Word, being confident in their prayers, being characterized by the fruit, continuing in that forever giving love that God has loved us with. I wonder, are you really experiencing joy in your life right now? The Bible, there's another verse, and there's a song that we used to sing as as kids, which says, "The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And boy, it is such a strength. It's amazing. It's amazing what you can face and what you can get through, and all this junk that's going on around you all the time. And the joy of the Lord is within you. His joy. That's what He's promised you here. His joy. And it's only through His joy." that your joy can be full. Father, we thank you this evening, Lord, just these simple thoughts from your word that we've looked at this evening. Lord, we know there's much, much more in this passage, but Lord, this is in perfect context. You said that you spoke these things to us for a reason. These things you spoke to us so that your joy could remain in us, so that it could dwell in us, so that it could stay there, so that it could be there all the time not be just a passing thing when circumstances are right and things are going good but remaining there all the time that our joy might be full Lord I pray that you'd help us today these simple simple thoughts that our lives could be centered on and in Jesus Christ that he is the center of everything that we do and everything that we are that our our lives our intellect our spirits our very being would be controlled by the word that you've left for us, by his word, by your word. Lord, I pray that you would help us that we would just remain in your word, that your word would remain in us, or that it might be a part of everything that we do in our lives. Lord, I pray that you'd help us that we could have confidence in our prayers because of the faith of knowing that, Lord, it's your will is our desire, asking whatever we will and it being done, that our lives could be characterized by fruit bearing, by bearing the right kind of fruit. Lord, help us to continue in love, not not the love of this world, not love for this world, but the love of God, the same love that you loved us with when you came and died on the cross and gave yourself for us. Because, Lord, you go right on just a few verses later to say no greater love hath any man than this that a man lay down his life for a friend. Lord, help us to love those around us with that same kind of love. Help us, Lord, that your joy might remain in us, that our joy might be full. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.